Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. England. 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 Nice to see you, to see you, Nice. See what I did there. And welcome to Back of the Net, the England Euro 2016 podcast with myself, Sam Davis, and an angry, unconsolable, miserable Sean Barker. He's so irate, in fact, that he can't even speak. Sean, do you not want to do this bit? Okay, I'll go solo. So over the course of the next 40 minutes or so, we'll be trying to come to terms with what happened on Monday, as well as discussing the future for the England team, the next potential manager of our national side. Plus, we'll also briefly chat about Wales, as well as giving our predictions for who is going to win the Euro Championship. As well as this, here's what's coming up on Back of the Net. Well, if you weren't already aware, judging by the fact that the podcast so far has been entirely me so far, I was lying. Sean's actually not here this week, so to discuss the match versus Iceland, we've brought in Cherries, Manchester United and England fan Joel Fabian, who will attempt to dissect our 2-1 loss at the hands of a nation of 330,000 inhabitants. Good luck with that, Joel. 
We'll also take a wide boy swagger down memory lane with another Do You Remember, where we feature an England player from yesteryear. Will you get it right this week? So with Sean absent this week, I've been left with the responsibility of donning the news uniform, but I can only find the bow tie that Sean left me. Is that right? Anyway, we'll be giving you a brimming bulletin of brilliance in the latest and final, unfortunately, instalment of the England Euro 2016 news. Plus, we'll be giving our predictions on the quarterfinals, as well as our predictions on who we think will be lifting the trophy in the Stade de France in July. So that's all to come on this damp squib of an episode of Back of the Net, but first... Let's have a listen to your thoughts on what was a highly frustrating night in Nice. First things first, fair play to Iceland. They defended so well. It's a bad week for Britain, bad week for the UK. Honestly, England had the chance. They played Iceland. They could have had Portugal, but they didn't show up and they lost. Iceland, I'm happy they've gone through. They worked hard, but I mean, England didn't show up at all. I've been angry since the 90th minute. I've got a bit of a curveball on my theory about it. Cool. In the fact that since, well, here's the people to blame. Shilton, Waddle, Pierce, Gaza, Beckham. Mm. Anyone who's made an absolute blunder will be the unfortunate one to take that penalty when we've missed and been then slated and murdered by the media. England players since 98 have been petrified of being that one player. And that has put the fear of God into every England team ever since. I am I'm a, I'm a West Ham fan, and I've seen some ups and downs, but I've never seen uh, probably the, the lowest ebb in my whole whole life of loving football. There was no fight, there was no passion, and I think it's got it doesn't stop with Jason, uh, with uh, Roy Hodgson. Of course it does. He's the manager now. It has to stop with him. They were absolutely appalling tonight. Mistakes, regardless, they were absolutely outrageous. No passion, no fight, and it's the worst I've ever seen in England side play. The players tonight showed absolutely nothing for this country. Mm-hmm. Watching that game was just, it was just a shambles all round. Rashford, he waits till 85th minute to bring Rashford on, he looked our best player. He, he, he ran at defenders. Why would you wait 85 minutes when you need a goal to get back into the game? I just don't understand it. You wait two subs, what, do nothing. And you wait till the 85th minute to make another. I just don't understand it at all. So those were the views from the supporters in the fan parks and also people 
on the radio, not so happy, and I think that's everyone covered. Um, let me just check my Facebook. Yeah, nothing. Oh, hang on a sec. There's another. Oh, my blocked contacts folder seems to have a message. Ah, this is awkward. Sean Barker. Let's press play. Hi, this is uh, Sean from Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, so I say I really love the show, um, especially Sam. Um, not so keen on the other fella. Uh, my thoughts on the England game. Wow. Um, I'd actually stuck up for the team through the group stage. Felt that we uh, were playing pretty well, creating chances, just not scoring, and that it would all come right. And whoa, did it spectacularly all crash and become awful with that game. First couple of minutes looked great, scored a goal, here we go, all on. And then a couple of minutes later, all over. Um, absolutely abysmal. The second half in particular, no one wanted to be the guy that made a mistake, it seems. So they all became so tepid that they all just made mistake after mistake. But no one wanted to shoot, no one wanted to take anyone on. People are starting to think about their holidays and let the ball go underneath their foot. Um, best player, Rashford, for four minutes. So, you know, glad he had a good run out. But truly, truly awful. Um, but hey, you know, at least now we'll be able to rebuild and have a complete overhaul of the FA in England. And, you know, in the next tournament, it'll be it'll be so much better. Sounds familiar. It certainly does familiar, as does that voice. Mr. Sean Barker, do come back soon. I, I don't know why you were in my block contacts in Facebook. I think I think someone must have pressed the wrong button somewhere, Sean, honestly. Hmm. England suffered their worst humiliation since they were knocked out of the 1950 World Cup by USA in Brazil as Iceland shocked them in the last 16 of the Euros. Roy Hodgson resigned after the abject embarrassment of losing to a nation ranked 34th in the world despite taking the lead through Wayne Rooney's fourth-minute penalty. Iceland equalised within a minute as England failed to deal with a trademark long throw and Ragnar Sigurdsson bundled home from close range. England's shameful performance was summed up in the 18th minute when goalkeeper Joe Hart was badly at fault, just as in the win over Wales, as he let in Sigthorsson's shot through his hand. Hodgson made changes as Iceland dug in, but the underdogs had as many chances as England did before the final whistle blew on their 2016 hopes and his four-year tenure as manager. So as I said before, we've got Joel Fabian here. He's a friend from uni. He hails from Colchester. He's a red devil at heart since he was a young lad, but he's become an avid Cherries fan. And of course, he's a staunch supporter of the Three Lions too. Joel, how are you? Yeah, how's it going, man? Uh, well, doing, doing moderately good after yesterday. But So how did you feel this morning? What were your, um, what were your overriding feelings? I, I mean, like, you know... Like we've known each other a long time, right? And I don't normally get that upset by the the England games and like the performances. And you know, Jesus, we've got we've got plenty of, of bad ones to sort of you know go, through, go back through the memory banks with. But I did, there was just something about yesterday that was just so it was just so soul destroying, like gutting. Yeah. And yeah, I, was, I felt I felt absolutely rubbish this morning. And lots of proper stinky mood at work, and it's just yeah, 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 not good, man. Weirdly, good weirdly, I actually didn't feel too bad, and I don't 
know quite why that was, but I was actually watching the match, like chuckling away at certain things that were happening. I mean, <laughs> we'll go through what happened uh, sort of, you know, minute by minute in the game yeah. ever so shortly. But basically, Roy Hodgson, he made six changes with the lineup, but effectively it was the same side that started against Russia, barring Daniel Sturridge coming in for Adam Lallana. Um, one of the things that people were talking about and they were a bit irate by and a bit confused by was Raheem Sterling coming back in. Let's just take his performance yesterday aside. So, you know, based on how he'd done so far, do you think he should have been back in the lineup? Yeah, well, or Roy. Roy always makes some funny decisions, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like also Lana, what did Lana do to get dropped as well? Yeah, exactly. One, two, that was just, that was a weird decision. And they were saying that we were playing a team that were the same players for the last four matches. So how is it that Iceland know what their team is and we don't? And, you know, it was like it was pretty much the story every game is that he was still tinkering, even when we were playing in the tournament. And then it came to the, the most important game we've we had so far. And he goes and makes another six changes. And, uh, yeah, it's, they, I mean, they were saying on, they were saying on uh, my match today, it just looked like he had no clue what he was doing. Hmm. He had no idea what he was doing. He had no idea what his best players were. He didn't bring any wingers with him apart from Sterling mm. um, because he didn't bring uh, Andros Townsend or Oxlade-Chamberlain. Although I think Oxlade-Chamberlain might, be, might have been injured. Yeah. But, um, he didn't bring any wingers at all. So he couldn't change uh, Sterling mm. if he wanted to. And uh, and yeah, Lalana didn't deserve to be dropped. I don't I get what that, that was about. Well, he played quite well. Um, but yeah, he just goes and drops them for storage and... and playing players out of position that shouldn't be in those positions. Mm. And yeah, it was, it was mental. It was bizarre. I've, not seen, I've never seen anything like that from England. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he makes, so he makes all the changes then. He pretty much reverted to his original side. But the thing is, what you've got is a lack of momentum because, you know, six of those, well, five of those players or whatever weren't playing against Slovakia. So there's there's not the momentum there. And uh, on the previous show with Sean, he said, you know, not having the momentum may not bode well in the next round. And it seemed to be the case. However, England did start very brightly, didn't they? And it was a long ball over the top. And it was um, Raheem Sterling that sort of drew the foul in the penalty area. I, I actually didn't think the referee was going to give it at first. But um, yeah. he he just got a touch on the ball. And then, you know, the keeper, uh, you know, connected with him afterwards. And I instantly thought, Raheem Sterling. Brilliant. What a masterstroke from Roy Hodgson. And then Rooney steps up and scores the penalty. And we're all feeling at this stage like Steve McLaren, <laughs> feeling positive and happy. We'll talk about that clip a bit later on. Um, what were your feelings for those 42 seconds whilst we were 1-0 up, Joel? I, I felt, actually, it was weird because I thought it was a soft penalty, wasn't it? Um, mm. It was pretty soft. And I felt really bad for, um, a little bit bad for Iceland, actually. Mm. But... You know, as it turns out, I shouldn't have been worried for too long because, you know, I mean, Jesus, it was like one of the shortest lived positive moments I think I'd ever ever seen. It was just, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was totally crazy. The, um, 
I mean, what, what did they do after the kickoff? They kicked the ball downfield, and that was it, wasn't it? Pretty much, it was straight from kickoff. Yeah, I think and clear it downfield, and then one of our players heads it out. They throw, they do a long throw, uh, knock it on, and uh, what was his name? Um, I'm sounding like a right football expert now. Oh yeah, Sigurdsson. Right, uh, right back goes and loses his man. Oh right, um, yeah. Deli Ali doesn't go and follow in either. And then next thing you know, they're like through on goal and heading the ball in. And yeah, it, it was kind of weird because I felt almost like justice was was sort of done a little mm. bit. And you, you worry about these teams. Like you, you think Iceland, okay, right? They're gonna, they can see the goal within three minutes. And you think, oh man, that's that's kind of unfair. And especially from penalty, are we going to absolutely roast them now? Yeah. And it just never even felt like that at all, especially when that equaliser went in. I was just, I was bricking it. Yeah. Absolutely bricking it. And uh, I was saying to a lot of people uh, during the sort of previous first days, if England score first, they will absolutely annihilate them. And we did, but that was assuming that they would concede straight (laughs) afterwards. And um, it, it was, I mean, it wasn't too long before they then scored their second that was about uh, 12 minutes later and that was a uh, Sig Thorson who scored right footed shot from the centre of the box um, it was assisted by uh, John Daddy Bavardson and it wasn't the strongest of efforts Joe Hart was at fault there surely Joel yeah the uh, it was probably it was a nice sort of height wasn't it it wasn't hit particularly hard um, he, he made a couple of He's made. He's been a little bit uncertain all tournament, hasn't he? And mm. I don't know. Like, like, I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think he's he's too loyal to certain players? Um, yes, Roy Hodgson is. For instance, there were players that could have been included that weren't. Danny Drinkwater, um, Mark Noble. Yet he goes for Jack Wilshire in the middle, who has barely played a game all season because he's he's one of his favourites. I mean, I know. Jack Wilshire came on in the um, friendly. You know, we were at Wembley watching uh, the match against Portugal, weren't we? And when Wilshire mm. came on, he did all right. You know, a few twists and turns, and he sort of managed to open up the game. But I do feel as though there are there are players that have you know that earned it have a lot more than you know than what he has. So yeah, Wilshire, a classic example. Yeah, he, he is just. How can you pick a guy that is has played? next to no football against the guy that's played almost every game mm. the season and played for the champions of the Premier League of the Premier League as well but you know and uh, and then like Joe Hart has tent- he's looked a little bit he's had shaky moments yes for a couple of seasons now and you've got Jack Buckland you've got Fraser Forster who are looking like quality alternatives and it's not, they, they don't even get a game didn't even get a game. They didn't even get a game in the group stages. Hmm. Um, it was just, yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what to to make of it, really. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that Joe Hart was almost too pumped up before the game. The camera sort of panned to him, and he was kind of pumping his chest, and he was yeah. uh, almost too hyped. And the, you know, a lot of experts have said you know, he, he's got to calm down. Um, all this kind of nervous energy is not good and uh he flailed at that and um what i what i love about the instant nature of twitter and social media and stuff are these tweets and things that go around we'll talk about them a bit later on but yeah 2-1 to iceland and we had uh chances to bring it back um to two all harry kane had a had an excellent volley um and but 
you know, they were half chances. I mean, Iceland probably had one of the most clearest chances. That was in the second half with that overhead kick. And it was yeah. only just fortunate that it was straight at Joe Hart. Otherwise, that would have been 3-1. Yeah, I think I think uh, Gunnarsson as well, like had a yeah one on one and one as well. Mm. Um, towards the end, yeah, I mean they they looked like they they were more capable of extending the lead. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know about you as well. Like I, I was expecting a reaction at the mm. start of the second half. Oh yeah, and yeah, it never came at all. And I it was it was it was so weird to watch. It was like it was like sort of this is going to show my my geeky side coming across. Yeah. Okay, but it was like the equivalent of a blue screen of death on Windows, <laughs> and they just they just had no idea of how to restart at all. They just yeah. it, and like and really was probably one of the biggest culprits as well. So they were saying that we were a young team and we didn't have any leaders out on the pitch. What's really then? What's mm. he? I mean, like he's one of our most experienced players, and he fell apart completely. He absolutely fell apart. And then all the young players are standing there watching this going on. It looked like it was like a computer reset button going off and like everyone was just going, well, what What do we do? Mm. What do we do now? And yes, yeah, oh, it was bizarre. There was, there, there was, yeah, there was a real severe lack of um, cohesion there and no one really seemed like they knew what they were doing in fact there was there was one moment which has been captured on an animated gif i love these animated gifs that go around um where roy hodgson was you know the camera panned into roy hodgson and you could see roy looking up at the big screen and then he tries to look like he's got a plan so he scratches his chin like a (laughs) bond villain and (laughs) it was just like did you hear about the one where um they had the the prince william and uh the head of the FA were at uh, the Portugal-England match. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the Portugal-England match. And basically the camera panned them while they were singing the national anthem. Mm. And the head of the FA saw that they were on the screen and then put a little bit more effort into his singing <laughs> for the national anthem. It was like, yeah, I don't think I'm quite, you know, putting the putting the pipes through this. So I'm really just going to just gonna give it 150%. <laughs> yeah. So it looked like, you know, people are loving it. It's, yeah. But, I mean, they didn't That's seem painful. to know... Yeah, I mean, to me, they just didn't seem to know how to break them down. Now, on Twitter, I was liaising with, you know, chatting with a lot of people um, about, you know, the way we're playing. And effectively, apart from a last minute goal, we'd have had three points and, you know, barely qualified for the last 16. Um, Iceland had an average of 28 possession, uh, 28% possession in their first three group games. So... Yet they, you know, they they did incredibly well to qualify. Some people were saying last night it's a shock. Um, to me, it actually wasn't that much of a shock. Yes, if you consider the size of our populations and, uh, you know, the football leagues and all that kind of stuff, yes, it was. But, you know, when when Bournemouth went up to Chelsea and beat him 1-0, yes, in terms of the size of the club, it's a shock. But on league form, it wasn't that much of a shock because Chelsea were only a couple of points ahead of us. Um, people were saying, you know, wait until we play a team who tr- who try to attack us. When we play that, you know, the game will be open and we'll break them down. But why would teams choose to play like that when they know that they can just defend for their lives and hit us on the counter against a largely experienced international defence? We drew against yeah. Russia... Yeah. You know, in, like, as I said, barring a last minute goal against Wales, we drew against them. We drew against Slovakia. And then, the, you know, the Icelandic, uh, you know, 
management team, one of whom is a dentist by trade. <laughs> I mean, what? On earth? Yeah. Um, you know, they did an absolute number. I was I was fairly amused by it all. Did you see um Did you see Steve McLaren on Sky Sports News, Joel? Oh, I don't know. What did he say? Yeah. It's it's hilarious. If you say? if you manage to see it, you know that Sky Sports haven't got was the it, coverage. Was it, was it with the Dutch accent? <laughs> For once, it wasn't with the Dutch accent. But you know, on Sky Sports, they, you know, they didn't actually have the rights to show it. So it shows Steve McLaren. He's got his headset on and he's explaining what's going on. At this point, it's one all in the game. And he's saying, look, England got no problem. They just got to restart and it's going to be fine. We're going to hit a few goals past them. We just need to calm down, play our well, play our way. I'm fully confident we're going to do this. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be fantastic. We're, and his face then just drops as Iceland score and it's the it's the best 40 minutes uh, sorry 40 seconds of um video that I've seen on Twitter today uh, you know oh, check yeah seeing anything with Steve McLaren having his pants but around his ankle that's just hilarious yeah so yeah it's we're out and Roy Hodgson straight after the final whistle said goodbye a very short statement it, do you think that's the right decision yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, I mean, he said he was. He said he was going to like, hang up after the the tournament anyway. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is the most unbelievable stat. Like you're saying that one of them was a dentist. The coach for Iceland was a dentist as mm. well. By by his nine to five job, and we paid four point six million. Yeah. For Roy for Roy Hodgson. And so what did we pay for? You know, what was the tactical genius that we paid for, like five million quid for? Mm. So there's a lot of talk about the next England manager. Now, this is usually an AFC Bournemouth podcast, and it's not a surprise to Bournemouth fans that Eddie Howe's name has been mentioned. To me, it's a little bit too soon for him, but... I don't know, out of the people that you've heard, I mean, we'll hear later on in the podcast on Club News, some of the runners and riders, who would you like to see um, s- succeed him? I, to be honest, I, I was, like, apart from Eddie Howe, sorry Bournemouth fans, but uh, yeah, apart from Eddie Howe in the list, I, I thought there's not a lot of options really, is there? It's a bit, it's a bit scary. Um, in terms of English managers? In terms of, in terms of English managers, I was, thinking like, I was like thinking about Wales the other day. You think of like all the quality potential managers they've got coming up, like like Pulis and everything like that. As soon as Chris Coleman decides he's he's had enough, mm. they've got like Pulis waiting in the wings. Yeah, and they've got quality Premier League managers that can come in. And yeah, I mean, like, I think you're right. I think Eddie Howe's maybe a little bit too young yet mm. to sort of take it on. But I mean, is is international football really that much? of a step up from the Premier League I mean if he can do it in the Premier League why can't he do it in international man- uh, management but um, I mean there was I, you know I sound like I'm a match of the day bloody like, fan here but um, Shearer offered his services during the during the, the programme mm. and like you know why not I think Shearer why not he's maybe we should be doing like what a lot of other countries are doing and and, and actually bring in former players to manage the, these players because at least then they should have some respect. These, these are guys that have been there, done it, you know, won, won Premier Leagues, won titles, mm. wherever. And if they can't respect someone like Alan Shearer, then, you know, they're not going to respect, respect anyone. I think that would be a really good show, actually. Maybe like a co- coalition, you know, the, I mean, there was talk about 
Glenn Hall. I'm not sure if that's such a good idea, but you know, a few players. Mm. It's going there. Why not? Completely sort of. I don't think Gareth Southgate's going. So there's always chat about Gareth Southgate. I mean, what? So he was great for relegating Middlesbrough. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And for being a little bit of a wet blanket. I mean. Pfft. Well, even, I mean, even even Roy Hodgson uh, wasn't exactly a revelation in his club career. I mean, he didn't exactly uh, pull up trees at Liverpool, did he? Um, so, yeah. I, you know, at the time, I I wanted Harry Redknapp, but I think maybe that ship has sailed now. Um, yeah. But I don't Do you know. know. How old is Harry now? He's probably what he's in his late sixties. Mm. Yes. I mean, yeah. Is I, I, like you as well. I was expecting Harry Redknapp to be announced mm. as the as the next manager. And then when it was when it was Roy, just, just a little bit of disbelief. Yeah. Actually. Um, like you say, he he'd just been he'd been sacked by Liverpool, and uh, I think what his probably his his best time was maybe at Fulham or something like that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, not great, not great. Well, it's it's been uh, it's been horrible. But we'll talk um, in a moment about uh, who we think is going to win Euro two thousand and sixteen. But a regular feature for those who listen to Back of the Net now, and a chance to quiz your brains of England players of the past with yet another. Do you remember? This footballer was born in Merseyside on 2nd of September 1982 and is commonly known by a shortened version of his first name. He's one of a select few players to play for both Liverpool and Everton in his youth career. His first professional club was Manchester City in 2002 and since then he's played for teams in the top two tiers of English football, the top French tier and now the Scottish Premiership. He has one cap for England which came about in 2007 when England played Spain. His inclusion came as a surprise after he publicly berated many of the England team for releasing books after their poor showing at the 2006 World Cup. Famed for his outspoken tweeting, the player has been described as the dirtiest player in the Premier League, a style reflected in the high number of fouls he has committed during his career. He played for Manchester City, Newcastle United, QPR, Marseille, Burnley and now Rangers. So that was this week's Do You Remember on Back of the Net. And I do still have Mr. Joel Fabian on the line, who is who is listening intently to those clues, Joel. Um, do you know who that was? Yeah, I think I've got a pretty good idea, actually. His comments about Gary Neville last night as well were hilarious. Okay, okay. Well, don't, don't yeah. tell us, because people at home have got about 10, 15 minutes to get it right. But what I'll do is I'll connect with you at the end of the show, and uh, we'll see if you got it right. But now, on Back of the Net, it is time for the England Euro 2016 Club News. Oh, yeah. Quick heads up. No puns this week, but I have done a few bad accents. 
Gareth Southgate should not be the next England boss, says Harry. Gareth Southgate being favourite to succeed Roy Hodgson as England manager is scary, says Harry Redknapp. But Redknapp said Southgate was only seen as a favourite for the job because he had won a second-rate tournament with England under-21s in Toulon. Why should he get it in front of Steve Bruce and Sam Allardyce, who are proven managers? asked the former QPR boss. When it was suggested that Southgate knew the way the Football Association worked, as well as the English system, Redknapp responded, Knows what system? The losing system? He knows the losing formula? I like Gareth Southgate. He's a terrific lad. But what's he done? Media reacts to Iceland's shock win. Of course, Viking conquests of England are nothing new. Those were the words of Iceland's Reykjavik Grapevine newspaper. For them, the result was not a big surprise. History was on their side. Throughout Euro 2016, the newspaper has provided coverage of Iceland's sparkling campaign, which is rivalled only by the breathless TV commentary of Gummy Ben. Yes, we've heard him. Even before a ball was kicked, Iceland was ready for Brexit too. In France, Le Monde newspaper says, They're not afraid of anybody. Les Blues will have celebrated, but they hope one thing, not to become the next victims of these incredible football players who have come in from the cold. However, the jeering was too much for leading Welsh-language campaigner and real FC fan Fred Francis, who wrote on Twitter, Instead of revelling in England's loss, Wales should congratulate Iceland, another small country that's shown how to win at Euro 2016. Finally, in the Australian Daily Telegraph, Martin Gibbs said, To understand the true depth of England's defeat to Iceland... You need every letter of every alphabet. All right, all right, calm down. We won't mention the rugby, eh? The bets are on for New England manager. So, let's look at the runners and riders. Mr Eddie Howe. We all know about him. The Bournemouth manager has led the club to the top flight of English football for the first time ever. He secured three promotions during his time with the Cherries. Brad Jones, England fan, says... Eddie Howe would be my choice. He's the top English manager in the Premier League and would be an excellent choice. Gary Neville. The former Manchester United defender has worked closely with Roy Hodgson and England in recent years, but a brief spell in Spain managing Valencia didn't end too well, although some of the England fans we spoke to believe he could work. Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp was linked heavily to the England position before Roy Hodgson was appointed four years ago. The former Tottenham manager has recently been working with the Jordan national team. It's unlikely the Football Association will revisit Harry as an option, but he's certainly a fan's favourite. Hemir Halgrimsson and Lars Lagerback. Iceland's management executed a masterful game plan over England, so it's no surprise they got a mention. Halgrimsson is a dentist by trade, but we're sure the FA would allow him to work part-time. And of course other names that have banded about include Rafael Benitez, Alan Pardew and Sam Allardyce. Who's your pick? England Euro News. 
Thank you very much, Mr. Newsreader, for the news there. Well, it, it was actually me, but thanks anyway, Sam. Uh, so that was the Euro 2016 news. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's all going on at the moment. What with Brexit at the moment and everything, it's uh, it's all up in the air. However, there is a tournament still to be played and it is the quarterfinals now. So yeah, we've got some interesting quarterfinals. Mr. Joel Fabian is still on the line with us and uh, we're just going to have a brief overview of who we think is going to win this damn thing. England, of course, are out, but the games we've got then are Poland v Portugal, Wales versus Belgium, Germany versus Italy, and France versus Ireland. So eight teams left. Um, are there any? Well, firstly, are there any ties you're looking forward to? But you know, have you got a name in there that you think their name is on this trophy already? I can't. I can't wait to see Iceland play again. I think they just they like they're, they're, they're what this whole tournament's been about. Just these sort of crazy little nations, just sort of tearing the big boys a new one, isn't it? That's going to be quality to see them play again. But um, watching Italy play the other night, I I, I, I absolutely love watching them play. Mm. And they just put they put a smile on my face when I see them play because there is just no team that embodies a team. Yeah, more than Italy does. I mean, you look at the players that Germany and Spain have got, and they they absolutely battered Spain. Yeah, they did. Like it was, they they were so good. I I you know I I would want them to win it. I don't know whether they're going to, but I think they're certain, they're definitely capable of it, of it. And considering Germany have never beaten them in a competitive competition, I think I think they're they're a very good shout to win it, and I would, I would love to see them win it. They just sort of. I think probably their biggest player is what is is still Buffon, isn't it? Their yeah. Goalkeeper. Yeah. And they just they just play a hundred and ten percent for each other, and uh, yeah, it's just awesome, awesome to watch. And um, plus, also, you know, their name sounds great with chicken. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. But I mean, on the on the one side of the draw, then um, you've got you know. Out of these four teams, there will be a finalist. Poland, Portugal, Wales, Belgium. Um, who would you say? I'd love, I'd love to say Wales. So, I mean, like, you think in qualif- qualification, they, they gave Belgium a roasting. Yeah. Didn't they? But then, I don't know, after that last game, Belgium suddenly woken up after going put in, was it four, four past Hungary, wasn't it? They yeah. Went, they looked really, they looked annoyingly good. Then, um, yeah, my my heart says Wales, but I think probably my head says Belgium. Mm. And probably, yeah, it's it's certainly going to be um, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. So yeah, Joel's Joel's saying probably a Belgium Germany final. It's it's going to be an interesting contest. I, you know, sometimes you can't see past the Germans sometimes but I'm with you on this I've loved the way that Italy have played um, yeah. the way they took Spain apart and when they went in 1-0 at half time it was you know they could have had 3 or 4 and they, I'm yeah. not even exaggerating they really could have absolutely annihilated the Spanish but um, you know 2-0 on any terms is a decent result and uh, they just seem to have um, the great mix of getting players behind the ball when they need to being quick on the counter-attack being strong in the tackle I and like you I, I actually really enjoy watching them play so um, yeah, yeah. I, would, I, have, I don't know how they do it every, every tournament they just 
you can never write him off. No, that's and right. Conte has just got them playing with so much energy and like and like you say, and strength. Tackle, they just they're just so much fun to watch. Just brilliant. Love watching them play. Yeah, it uh, it should be a very interesting one. So then, Joel, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, balls out of the bath on this one. That's a bit of an Alan Partridge of me, isn't it? So your team to win Euro 2016, uh, let's go for head and heart. Your head says and your heart says? My head says Germany. My heart says Italy. I'm actually with you on that. I'm absolutely yeah. with you on that in unison. What do you think? Make sure you tweet us. We're at AFCB Podcast, and you can also give our Facebook page a like and comment on there, facebook.com forward slash AFCB Podcast as well. So that's it from Back of the Net, the England Euro 2016 podcast. Now, many of you will know we're actually staunch AFC Bournemouth fans here. So, of course, the podcasts will continue. But unfortunately, it is au revoir for the England Euro 2016 podcasts. But remember... If you want to hear more of our dulcet tones, do subscribe. You can listen on iTunes, press that subscribe button. It's afcbpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or subscribe on YouTube, afcbpodcast.com forward slash YouTube. That will take you to iTunes, take you to YouTube. We're also on Mixcloud, Acast as well. There's no excuse not to subscribe and tell your friends as well, ready for the next season at the Vitality Stadium where AFC Bournemouth are going to win the league, eh? Well, maybe not. But we've got a few things to wrap up before we go. Not least, Joel, thank you very much for coming on this podcast. Pleasure, dude. Absolute pleasure. And we want to know if you got this week's Do You Remember? Did you did you manage to get who it was? Yeah, um, um, it's got to be the, the one and only Joey Barton. Yes, well done. It is Jerry Barton. Well, fantastic, Joel. Uh, you're a lot better at guessing than I am because I, I don't usually put this feature together. It's, uh, it's my fellow colleague who couldn't make this uh, week's show, Sean, and I, I, I usually really struggle, but you got that one absolutely spot on. Joel, thank you very much for coming on, sir. No worries, man. Quality stuff. So this has been Back of the Net, the England Euro 2016 podcast. And we're going to leave you with the best bits of England's Euro campaign. England. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.